Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. This podcast works in conjunction with our weekly Beyond the Sermon devotional. If you don't receive those already, you can sign up using the link in our podcast show notes. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, hey, everyone. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at the Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I have originally Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome back. Yeah, thank you, Will. Yes, good to have you. So, Mike, we started into a new sermon series this past Sunday. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. But we're also uh, on the verge of uh, a new season. In fact, September 22nd was officially the first day of fall, so we're in fall. So, uh, do you and your family have any fall traditions? Or or maybe, I guess, maybe when the kids were younger, maybe? Yeah, yeah, several of them, Will. You know, one of them that comes to mind is, when I think of fall, pumpkins. Mm Mm-hmm. We've done a lot with that through the years. One of the things I learned is we did one year we decided to be able to plant our own pumpkins oh, okay. and grow them themselves. I did not realize how extensive a pumpkin vine is. Mm. Takes a <laughs> lot of space. Takes and took over. over the yard. That was a one-year deal. We didn't go back to that. Right. Uh, how about you? Do you guys yeah, have things in the fall that come up? Yeah, we do. Similar kind of things. Pumpkins, apple cider donuts, trick-or-treating. Uh, the kids love all that. Actually, in the last few years, um, Bridget's made some really cool Halloween costumes for the kids. So last year, our eldest son, Joel, he wanted to be a carp for Halloween. <laughs> a carp. He, he was probably the only carp. Yes, he was yeah. the only carp in the neighborhood. So she made a carp outfit for him. Actually, it was amazing. <laughs> Had all these like scales and stuff that she attached to a sweater. Really creative that way. So uh, yeah, I really appreciate it appreciate her creativity in that. Um, But as I was saying, new season, new series. And over the next number of weeks, we're going to be looking at the Kings in the Bible. And as you mentioned in your introduction, you know, a major portion of the Bible is about Kings. You know, there's 43 of them in the Old Testament. And so, first of all, can you give a bit of insight into what caused you to kind of jump into this particular study? Why this kind of, this series Mm -hmm. at this time? Sure. You know, and there's a a couple things behind it, and probably the 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 one that was the leading one to make me think about it took place. Maybe you realize there's a little bit of polarization going on in our country. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, just that? a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of the tension uh, around politics and elections and those kind of things is what initially drew me to the kings mm. um, to realize God's plan for leadership, God's plan for for government how that works. And so I was personally drawn to be able to see how that played out in the Bible. And you got two books, and the Chronicles are kind of twin books with with the kings. It's a lot of the Bible where where God is laying this stuff out and showing us the way these dynamics take place. We're not the first people who have had struggles and challenges and likes and dislikes with what's going on in leadership. Mm. It's been going on for all the time. So that, that really drew me to... Um, that area, and I think it was 2020 when all the election was taking place, the presidential election, went through Second Kings uh, as yes. a series, and there are so many unknown kings in there that I'm like, well, I want to do that first, and I want to get eventually back into First Kings, um, and that's happening Yes. Now. 
Yeah, and just to say, folks, in case you didn't know, sermons are available on our website. Uh, I think I think you're referring to the God and Government. Uh, you did a God and Government mm-hmm. series as well, which was amazing. And uh, so look back in there on our website. You'll find that under the Grow tab. But um, one of the things you mentioned, Mike, about the kings in the Bible is that you know some of the things they really struggled with: misusing power, idolizing wealth, giving into lust. You know, just to name a few things. And we would be the first to admit that none of us are exempt from getting sidetracked or drawn away from the Lord. Uh, But you did recommend one way to kind of combat that is regularly getting into the Bible. And so I guess my question for you is, um, you know, how consistently being in the Bible keep us close to God and clear from moral failure? And I forgot, I was going to mention one quote. You said, we cannot be close to God and distant from his word. So can you unpack that just a little? What comes to mind initially with that, it, it, I really want to underscore, this isn't my idea. This isn't the church's idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's, you hear about it regularly, this concept of listening to God in the Bible and the value of that. I think it's really significant to realize it's not something that we're just coming up with and saying, hey, this is important. We think you guys, that all followers of Jesus should do this. In this passage, we're, we're starting to move into the kings, and I find it fascinating to look, and he lays out just four things. God is like, okay, kings, I got four pieces of advice for you. And, you know, you got the one where it's horses, has to do with material stuff, Mm -hmm. that, uh, women, lust, that's another Mm -hmm. danger there, wealth, and, and you can look, and we can just look back on history and see how many leaders have gotten tripped up in those things. Right. Again and again and again and again. It's like God knows what he's doing. You know, there's tremendous wisdom as he's setting this whole structure of the kings up. And we look back in history, we see the wisdom. He has those three things, and it fascinates fascinates me to say that's not all. In all of those things, he he then adds, and the fourth one that he has in here is is the one that we talk about with the Bible. His plan and his idea is to be able to look at this and say, okay, here it is. When he takes his throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll the copy of the law taken from the Levitical priests. And then chapter 17, verse 19, it is to be with him. And he is to read it all the days of his life so he may learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all the words of the law. Mm. God is the one who is inviting and asking and calling us to be able to spend time in his word and in the law. There's a bit of a danger that I'd call out, and that is you look in the New Testament, and who was it in the New Testament that was doing that maybe more regularly than anyone else? Well, it's the Pharisees. Mm. So there's also the danger with that of getting legalistic. The goal isn't just to spend time in the Bible. The, The goal is relationship and to connect with God through it. So I think as we go through this series uh, of the kings, what, one of the things that we will, we will really see is those kings that were committed to spending time, understanding the law, they were close to God. The kings that weren't, they were far from God. And we're just going to see that consistently in the chapters and weeks ahead. And I think that is, you, the question you ask is, you know, why is that? And I think there's a couple of things behind that. And one is, it just shows what our priorities are. 
Mm-hmm. Even if today I, I open the Bible, spend a little time, and there's nothing in there that really grabs me or changes the direction of my day, it still shows that's my priority. And I do think that that, that says something. Jesus says where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Same kind of principle. The things we prioritize are are really important, and they play out in, in our lives. I think the second thing is it shows us well, our, our, it's a relationship with God. It's not just a belief, not just a few things that are in my head. It's a relationship, and this is how relationships function. Right. We see this. We know this. It plays out in our own relationships. I mean, how would your wife feel if you, uh, you, you like her, you love her, but you don't talk to her for a week? Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's not going to go over very well. And this is just foundational to relationship, is spending time conversing, talking. And it's a tremendous privilege to realize God is inviting us daily to involve him in our lives. Yeah, I, really, I love it, Mike. I, You know, I've been <clears throat> thinking about the Bible more and more recently as kind of you know, like a wave kind of washing over us, like the truth of, of of who God is and what he's done and who we are in him and Jesus' saving work, all those things kind of washing over us on a daily basis. And I think one of the things that happens in that place when we open up the Bible is that we're reminded of things. We're so prone to forget things and we're reminded of things. So we're reminded again of who God is, you know, and his goodness and in his mercy. But if there's one thing that we learn of in the Bible, it is that kind of tendency for us to fall away, you know, and to get sidetracked and to get pulled away. And so sometimes I think we need that, the daily reminder of that, that we're not immune you know, to um, to falling away, that we, we need the Lord on a daily basis. We need to be looking to him and leaning on him and inviting him into our lives to fill our lives and and to uh, to change us into his likeness. We need him because, as you say, the story of humanity without God is not a great picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and so when we get into the Bible, I think we see those stories again and again, and it draws us back into that healthy place of of, yeah. of throwing ourselves upon the Lord again and saying, um, "Lord, we need you. We need you." And and again, being reminded of God's goodness and His mercy to respond to that call. And so, uh, I think that's one of the things for me personally where I feel like I need that. I need that. I need those truths to wash over me on a daily basis. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. That's the. Give a, the the concept of the manna. It's like you gave him enough for a day. We need it on a daily basis. There's something yeah. about that to keep it in us and to keep it fresh and at the very forefront of our hearts and our minds. Yes, for sure. One other thing, uh, Mike, I just wanted to mention. Uh, you you talked about how God has an alternative view of power and authority than a lot of these these kings had. That He gives authority not to serve ourselves but to serve others. Now I know some of our listeners you might say, "Well, Mike, I'm not a CEO in a company, or I don't lead a staff at work, or uh, you know, I don't feel like I have much leadership in my life." But as Craig Rochelle, uh, you know, pastor and author, he he talks about you know all of us have influence. We're all leading in some capacity, whether it's with our kids or in a community group or with our neighbors or people we know at the gym. So how does this actually work out? You know, the balance of authority and humility. 
So we know the extremes of that. We've all known probably somebody who has authority but no humility. And we know people who have had humility, but like they don't hold any authority. They don't lead anybody. How do you get in the middle there where Jesus is, you know, ultimate authority, but amazing humility? Yeah. Oh, a good question. I think for me, when I look at specifically this book that we're jumping into with, with the Kings, it can come across as a history book. It can come across as irrelevant, something that took place years ago. If we really want this book of the Bible to come to life for us, um, to, to be something that is relevant for our lives, I think it's vital to be able to identify in your own lives where are the areas that God is giving me influence and authority. Mm-hmm. Um, then this starts getting a little bit of traction. So that that really, to me, would be the first step is to start identifying some of those areas in your own life. And whatever season you're in, we all have areas in our own lives where we do have some influence. You know, So for me, as I'm going through this book, I'm thinking about myself as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a neighbor, as a customer. Uh, all of these different areas, I do have influence in the lives of other people. And then recognizing my default my default is to use the influence that I have for myself, mm. to use it to somehow enhance my own life. And I think when we see what Jesus does and encourages us to do is he just flips that, turns that thing upside down and says the question that we should be asking ourselves and keeping it in our mind in a fresh day and a regular basis is, how can I bless them? Um that's not the consumeristic mentality that is surrounding in the culture that we, we live with. Example for me, so uh, I've got a neighbor, and uh, the neighbor has a dog, a small dog. Mm. <laughs> He's super quiet and uh, just never. <laughs> you taking the words right out of my mouth, Well, Yeah. <laughs> Barks all the time. Drives me nuts. And they, they never um, forget 1030 at night. Every night, dogs are going to go out, spend five minutes barking. Um, wow. with it. And it happens again and again and again. So what, what I do with that is I found, well, I complain about that to, to my wife, to my family, mm. that kind of thing. They know I'm not a big fan of these dogs. But when I started thinking about this, I'm realizing, okay, um, my thinking, and I think it starts in my mind, is backward. What I'm doing and, and subconsciously doing with that is I am expecting my neighbors, to be a blessing to me. Mm. And what I think I see happening here in the way that Jesus approaches life is kind of the flip of that and saying, well, instead of, Mike, instead of you ex- expecting them to bless you, really, I, I should be thinking, how can I be a blessing to them? Mm-hmm. And it shifts my, my mind and it shifts my spirit to really have a very different perspective and a very different approach. Still not happy about the dogs. Right. Yes. <laughs> Don't get the wrong fair. idea. Yep. But I do think it begins in my mind and my own thinking about why I'm in this position and, and how I can look and serve the way that Jesus did in these areas. Mm, that's good. Good practical advice, Mike. It's hard not to look at Jesus' ministry and see an example there. I mean, one of the most stunning uh, you know, accounts that we have in, in Jesus, aside from his death and resurrection, is the washing of his disciples' feet, you know, and there's a little portion there uh, where it says, you know, um, just a, just a line about Jesus kind of knowing who he was, knowing you know where he'd come from, from the Father, 
And so then he washed his disciples' feet. And that always blows me away. You almost have this kind of infinite credibility of being the creator of the universe. And, you know, you can't get any higher (laughs) than that. And yet he takes the, the role of a servant and he says to his disciples, this is what this is what leadership looks like, you know. This is what I've called you to. In fact, this is what you're made for. We're made to serve. Um, that's why when people get uh, selfish and internalized, and life is all about them, they actually end up more miserable than anything else, because we just weren't made for that. We were made to to have that servant heartedness. So as I see that again, as you're you know in in the Bible, and you're seeing that. In Jesus' life again, it's a it's a request that I I'm just like Lord, would you change my heart? Because it's man, it's just not my default setting, you know. There's a heart that needs change there, and I want the heart of Jesus. And so, uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity to just invite the Lord in to, to change our hearts, you know. And it, at the time, these kind of things, I think they feel like using our influence to bless others instead of ourselves. At the time, it can feel like I'm making a pretty big sacrifice here. Mm. Um, but when we look back at it, those are some of the most fulfilling moments in life. Because it's like you said, I, I totally affirm that, Will. We've been created for this. Yeah. We've been created to bless and to serve. And it's when we do those kind of things that we're really going to experience the fulfillment that, that Christ has for us. Yeah, it's good. Well, Mike, thank you for your, your time and really looking forward to this next sermon series. It's going to be good. Uh, well, and thank you for joining us this week. If you're interested in digging deeper into the Bible, as, if, as we've been talking about, and uh, maybe learning how to, to read it, to kind of wrestle with it, to apply it to your life, I'd recommend our Engaging with the Bible class. This happens every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. at the Ridge. And if you'd like more info on that and other opportunities to learn and grow, just head to ridgelife.org, look under our Grow tab. So thanks again for being with us. We we'll hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at the Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.